You are listening to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast presented by Realm of the Mist Entertainment with your host, John Tolley. Welcome to War of the Stars, a Star Wars podcast, coming to you as always from deep within the Outer Rim, far beyond the watchful eyes of the Galactic Empire. My name is John Mark Tolley, and joining me today, as always, is Mr. Joe Cahill hey, and Mark, Mr. Everybody. Ray Rumsey. Uh, hello. And Mr. Ray Rumsey. <laughs> hello. Gentlemen, how are you guys today? Doing fantastic. Yep. Good. Good. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, we want to apologize, first of all, for uh, for those of you who might have been expecting the show last week. Uh, stuff came up, you know, life, you know, um, birthdays, stuff like that. So unfortunately, we were not able to record a show. But uh, this year you get a double whammy. That's right. Two shows for the price of one. Uh, there are going to be a interview, a special interview coming up uh, pretty soon, and also uh, the main show. So you get a special episode, plus you get to hear our lovely voices again. So you can't beat that, can you? <laughs> Not with a lightsaber. <laughs> you can't beat anything with a lightsaber. <laughs> You can slice it, but yeah. Oh, as seen on TV. That's right. That's right. Uh, so uh, there's been some pretty big news coming out of the Star Wars universe uh, recently, though, since the last time we talked. Um, I thought we would hit on a little bit of that before we go into our main topic for the day. And. Uh, the first one I want to talk about is the news that Kevin Feige is apparently going to be making a Star Wars movie. Uh, how do you guys feel about the um, basically the man who created the MCU being tasked to helm a Star Wars trilogy or a Star Wars um, movie at least? Hopeful. Yeah. <laughs> I think that it will probably be visually stunning. I do too. One thing I'm thinking could be really good is if they bring Feige in to basically kind of do what he did with the MCU. He's good at, because he's the one who kind of brought all these movies together and kind of created the, the whole universe. And I think that's something he can do is take these different stuff, take all these different movies and the books and the cartoons and kind of bring them more into a more cohesive universe and kind of bring everything together and kind of streamline it more. So I think that's something that he could be really, really good at doing. And I'm really, really excited and really um, can't wait to see what he brings. And one of the rumors is coming on is, um, that uh and my name her name Brie, just Brie Larson. Brie Larson is and I know for a while I've been hearing that she has been interested in being on Star Wars so um what do you guys think about Brie Larson possibly playing a role in Star Wars I mean are you fans of Brie Larson or 
do you think that like a lot of people she could you know be because uh, let's be honest um captain marvel uh had a lot of detractors and Captain marvel had a lot of detractors before it was ever seen yeah this is true this is true this is true um do you think this could be a, a good move or do you think this could be this could alienate a lot of fans who could see it as <sighs> they're just wanting to push a certain type of politic yeah this is true they've kind of already you know they've kind of been doing that already so um yeah i mean yeah we're, this is disney <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> that's all anything is anymore is just pushing politics you know just yeah it depends on how well they hide it this is true this is true you know, I, I think, she, I mean, it's one of those things that when you have, when you do have an actor or actress that is a true fan of that genre or that series or whatever it is, I think it can show through in the, in the final, in the final act, in the final, fi final film, you see that they really do care about this, about it, and they want to do the best they can. Um, yeah, I always wonder a lot of times whenever you see interviews with actors, and they, especially ones that are in genre films, like or saga, like a um, um, Star Wars or Star Trek, and they talk about how, oh, they've been fans for so long. Sometimes you kind of wonder, have they really been fans for that long? Yeah, have you ever watched watched it? Because yeah, yeah. Or were you, or have you just become a fan since you since you got picked? You know, uh, they hired you to play the role. And sometimes you can tell those that are just faking it and those that are genuine fans, right? You know. Um, but um, well, or other, you know, I like about uh, Ewan McGregor. What's that? No. Greg, um, how he did his whole thing of. Uh, coming out to do obi-wan yeah he didn't, he didn't come out to play obi-wan he learned how to play sir alec guinness playing obi-wan yeah and he did a really good job yeah I mean, if, you, if you go back and listen to him talk about it in the early days you know he watched every sir alec guinness movie he could get a hold of Mm-hmm. because he wanted to get that cadence and that hello there Get that all down, and he did a great job. And that's oh. a fan to me who also, you know, wanted to make sure he stayed true to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so the other big, uh, I guess you could say, news, and I know you guys uh, covered it this week on Realm of the Mist um, and on our upcoming show, but uh, just kind of get your thoughts on the George Lucas news. Um, Apparently, uh, George Lucas felt uh, betrayed by the fact that they didn't use his script or his story ideas. Um, at least that's kind of the general 
in a nutshell, what, what happened, there's a lot more, um, you can read the, uh, read the articles and read the interviews and stuff like that. Um, but what were you guys' thoughts? Just, just in a nutshell, just really quick. I think it was, uh, uh all a thing to sell more books. You think so? Yeah. <laughs> uh, George hasn't come out and said anything really. Yeah. So this is all just hearsay. This is all just. Well, you know, he may have said these things, but I think it's being made into a big deal because it's publicity for the book. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I, you you can't blame you know when when you have these you know have these ideas and you send them to you know send them to the person that's you know and then they decide to go in a completely different you know. Yeah, you're going to be a little. Right. But from what George even said that it meant the best. That, you know, just the fact that they went in a different direction than what he wanted does not necessarily mean that's a bad thing. And I think even George would admit that that's not necessarily a bad thing. They just had a different vision than what he had. And, you know, once he sold the rights to Star Wars... You know, he really couldn't say anything. Yeah, he could be disappointed, but there's nothing really he could do. Right. Yep. You know, it wasn't like he had, you know, the rights anymore or, you know, or, or had any say. You know, it would be one thing if he was hired in, uh, even if he was hired in as a consultant. You know, ultimately it's, you know, uh, Kathleen Kennedy's or... Um, whoever the director of that movie happened to be, whether it be J.J. Abrams or um, Ryan Johnson, you know, uh, uh, inevitably it's their decision as to where the story goes. So Exactly. And you'll see how the studio feels about how the direction of the director went by whether he has a job afterwards. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, it's, I, you know, you, you, you do feel, in a way, you can feel kind of bad because this was something, this was George's baby. And, you know, this is like, she's given this baby up for adopt, you know, adoption basically to, um, to Disney, and Disney's taken it on, and, you know, went a completely different way than, you know, probably what George was wanting. But I think it would be interesting to me to know what George's vision was. I think that could be an interesting story. Um, even interesting, like if you want to do a what if book or what if comic to have George pen that story and put that out like, Hey, this was my, you know, this was my idea. And then the fans can decide do we like George's version or do we like the version that we got? Um, Cause I think that could be, and I think, and I have no problem with them writing books in the legends canon, you know, have, have the regular books that are coming out, the comics that are in the Disney canon still come out, but then still write books that are outside of that, you know, and I think this could be a good one for that, you know, like the George Lucas, sequel trilogy because i think i i would really like to know what you know what he saw and what his vision was 
for Star Wars after Return of the Jedi. And, you know, the, what he changed and what, you know, from what we saw and what was kept and stuff like that. So, I mean, what do you guys think? Would you like to see that in a book form, you know, to see that, that story? I definitely would love to know. (laughs) Yeah. I I think every Star Wars fan would. I mean. Yeah, it would be nice to see where his thought process was. Yeah. Like where he wanted to go from where he was. You know, because I'm sure it was a completely different direction than the way things have gone. Or else he wouldn't have felt, you know, the way he does, supposedly. Yeah. Yeah. Allegedly. Or did, at least did, you know. Right. Apparently from what I what I was able to read, this is something that happened like once he heard, he felt disappointed and upset. But you know, they say time heals all wounds and I'm sure that the uh the money that he got from the sale uh softened the blow quite a bit. Yeah. Four point five yeah million reasons why it's soft yeah. <laughs> yes yes yeah that's a lot of other movies to make right there yeah yeah i mean this is kind of off subject do you think we'll ever see george lucas return to filmmaking hmm wow um for because i mean and if so, will it be as a director or will it? Because he, he's only like, he basically only, last movie he directed before he did the prequels was Star Wars back in the 80s. And then he went to more of a production, being a producer. So do you think we'll see more? And if so, I mean, how would he, you know, what would he produce it under? Because Lucasfilm is, is itself is owned by Disney. So he doesn't have the rights to Lucasfilm. So he'd have to do it either by himself or, you know, I'm not sure how that all would work, though. Yeah, it couldn't be a Star Wars story. He'd have to go off and do something new. Yeah. Yeah, unless, of course, unless of course he got, you know, went to Disney and said, hey, I'd like to do a Star Wars movie. You know, could I do it with you guys? And then Disney said, and I think if he did that, Disney would be stupid not to say yes. Come on, please. You're you're the you're the man who created this. Yes, do. Well, you know, with Disney, you can never tell because we almost lost Spider-Man in the MCU. Yes. Whew. Don't remind me of that. That was a dark time. <laughs> it's a dark time in the galaxy. Let's see. Before, <laughs> before the dark days, before we almost lost Spider Man. Before the Empire, Disney. <laughs> I rule you all. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right. Well, I think this is as good a time as any to segue into our main topic. The Jedi Knights, according to Ben Kenobi, the Jedi Knights were the guardians of peace and galaxy, peace and justice in the galaxy for over a thousand generations. 
they have been the mainstay of the Star Wars universe since the beginning and have really played an integral part. But who are the Jedi? What do they stand for? How do they start? What is their history? Today, we'll dive as deep as we can into the lore, history, and legend of the Jedi Knights. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so... I thought it was interesting since last time we did it, we talked about the Sith to talk about their counterparts, the Jedi. Um, now, in the new canon, there hasn't really been a lot so far. I think we're going to get more now in maybe in this new film and afterwards with the old Republic Jedi and how the Jedi got started, um, especially with the Benioff and Weiss film, which is looking like it's going to be old Republic. We might get some more backstory on the Jedi. So a lot of what the fans have to go off now is still legend um, with the, the start of the Jedi or the Jedi as they were originally called. Um, but I think we'll just start off right now and start off first by just kind of getting your guys' thoughts on the whole concept of the Jedi and what you think of when you think Jedi. And uh, Joe, we'll start with you. Um, to me, where the Jedi were, say, episode one through three. Um, yeah. Judge Dredd, you know. I am the law. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. kind of the attitude of we know better than you, just do as we say. Um, mm -hmm. uh, as far as the lore, where they start, I'm hoping we see a lot more of that come out that's going to be canon for us. Yeah. Uh, versus the Jedi, Jedi, because we don't even know if that's going to be canon yet, uh, with the books that are hidden on board the Falcon. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be you know, um, and even if we get like bits and pieces, just stuff that we can kind of piece together. And of course, like I said, we're looking like we're going to get old, uh, an old Republic movie. We can kind of get more into that older ancient Jedi order, you right. know, what the Jedi were like, you know, cause if this takes place, let's say a thousand years, but you know, if the old Republic movie takes place a thousand years before, uh, the events of the prequels, then we can get kind of a good sense of where the Jedi were and maybe even get a sense of, you know, of books in between there to kind of fill the gaps between where the Jedi were at that point and how they got to where they were when we see them in episode one through three. Right. With the, with them at their peak and then, and then their fall. Yeah, yeah, and I don't even think of one, two, and three as their peak. Um, right. I think of that as the time of hubris. Um, yeah, I think I think they were at their. I think when I say at their peak, I think that they were at their militarily and strength-wise, physical strength-wise, and the amount of Jedi that they have. That's what I mean when I say they were at their peak. Like yeah. that's when they were at their like their their height of power. And like a lot of like a lot of people, you know, empires, you know, you you reach that height of power, and then it's just 
crashing down after that. And it's just a matter of how fast you crash down. And I think the Jedi crashed very, very quickly at that point. So right. go get her, Ray. Come on. Um, you know, when I think, I, I think of, uh, if we're talking about the first ever, I don't even think they were probably trained with lightsabers at all. I think they were more like monks that could commune with the force. Well, if you, if you watch, and again, this is legends, but if you see any of the comics from the early days of the Jedi, um, the lightsabers were invented uh, fairly early on, but they almost look like the the proton packs from from Ghostbusters. Oh, that sounds they, good. <laughs> they had these. The uh, yes, don't cross the streams. What are you thinking of? What did you think of Ray? What did you think of? <laughs> <laughs> what did you do? Uh, what did you do, Ray? What did you do? <laughs> Um, but yeah, they had these backpacks and then they had like a cord that went out to where the, uh, lightsaber was held. So it was, that was a really interesting, kind of interesting and they, how they were able to kind of coalesce and eventually become the, uh, the Jedi order that we, that we knew and come to know and love and, um, but yeah, so um, let's go on with the Jedi Code. And we kind of touched on it a couple weeks ago, but let's kind of re-go over it. So the Jedi Code is there is no emotion, there is peace. There is no ignorance, there is knowledge. There is no passion, there is serenity. There is no chaos, there is harmony. There is no death, there is the Force. At this point, I feel Mr. Spock should come up and just say, and live long and prosper. Because <laughs> that is very, very Vulcanish. That seems like something that could fit very well in with the with any Vulcan code. But, um, yeah, I mean, it seems to me like something happened between the foundation of the Jedi to when they fall fell to become to make them become very dogmatic. And I don't know if that's initially what the Jedi, like a lot of religious organizations, they start out one way and then due to things happening and society changing or they themselves changing or certain people coming into power, they it changes for a lot from what the original intent was. And I think you see this with the Jedi. Oh yeah, the temple is uh, you know this huge ornate thing that is a, that almost is on par with the Senate. Yeah, as far as visibility, you know, they stare at each other across the way. Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I know, think they, there. Was, oh, yeah, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. Sorry, you were talking yeah, first. No, I was thinking it's um, when you look at it, they went from being protectors to almost. Uh, a ruling class. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know who do, who does the first chance the chancellor always call on? The Jedi. Go take yeah. care of this for me. Go do that for me. Uh, yeah. 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 I see. I see a lot of similarities between the 
some of some of the uh, the fighting. If you know, if you're a history buff, um, then you'll see a lot of similarities between the fight between the um, the Holy Roman Empire and the papacy uh, as to who held the power and who chose who and even with the fall, uh, very similar to the fall of the Templar, the Knights Templar mm-hmm. in, in history. So there's a lot of similarities between that history and when history and um, I wish we could have had um, Dr. Liddell who is a uh, historian, she could have really shined a lot of more light on that aspect of history and the similarities between that. And, uh, um, and maybe we'll get her on again sometime. I know she's uh, right now she's in school right now teaching. So, um, but again, that invitation goes out to Dr. Liddell. If you, uh, we'd love to have you back on. It was always, it's always fun talking with you, but anyway, I digress. Um, but yeah, it's really, you know, see there how quickly their hubris came about, or at least from what we see in the movies, how quickly it came and how quickly the, the fall came. Right. How long was it actually, you know, that they, they'd gotten to that point or, you know, was it the last 20 years and that's when it just was a really fast fall or was it? a 500 year build up to this fall. It seems to me like it was more some, maybe somewhere in the middle, you know, maybe they, they turned the corner and kind of got a blind eye going. Well, I think, I think, I think what it was, I think the key for me, from what I can see where I've been able to kind of piece together when the Sith disappeared and went into hiding that was kind of because when when you had the Sith as the Sith Empire, and you had you know all the you know, thousands of Sith, the Jedi had something that they could focus on. They had a war. They had a you know you know they they had an enemy that they knew. Okay, this is our enemy. This is what we focus on. You know we need to focus on not only defeating them but being better than them morally and being the opposite of what they, what they want. So once the Sith went into hiding, once they, you know, Bane instituted the rule of two and they went into hiding, they didn't have that. So they were able to much like the, when the, um, again, in history, being a history buff, when the um, when the, uh, the in Japan, when the Tokugawa period started, the samurai had no longer had some people to fight against, so they went into becoming lords and gener- and governors and things like that, and they be- and a lot of them be- started to become much like the Jedi very arrogant, very thinking they were better think, you know, thinking that they were somehow superior. And you saw this kind of decay start within them. And you see that with the Jedi too. I think during that, during this time period, you see the slow decay where they start to, you know, fall lose away focus. from what they were doing. Yeah. They lose focus. And I think there's also the issue of, 
at least by the time we see them in the prequels of who do the Jedi answer to? Do they answer to the Senate? Do they answer to the Chancellor? Or do, are they ultimately only answerable to themselves? I think that's probably more accurate. <laughs> yeah. They probably just did what was best for themselves. But nobody really minded too much because they weren't, they weren't out to be this fighting force anymore. They were able to turn inward and continue their studies in the Force. Yeah, uh, yeah, and yeah, no one really worried about it because, like you said, you know, until you had the Clone Wars, and then suddenly the Jedi are the generals again and no longer peacekeepers, mm-hmm. and which is what they were like, you know, Obi Wan said they were guardians of peace and justice. They were um, basically superhuman cops. Right. You know, they were out, you know, they would go to a planet if there was an issue and they would try to resolve it. Um, but suddenly you're, they're put in positions where not only do they have to fight, but they have to lead men. They have to invade worlds. And it didn't take long for Palpatine to kind of work a way to start to try to paint them into a negative light you know, manipulate things behind the scenes so that the Jedi, so that the population didn't necessarily see the Jedi as the good guys or, you know, with the best intention of the people, that they were only out for themselves. And and that wasn't so hard because they do show that in the, the prequels um, mm-hmm. with the general population getting, the, you know, the attitude of uh, Jedi. They think they're better than everybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, and you and you see that with the clo- in the uh, the Clone Wars TV series too. That yeah. you know the Jedi weren't necessarily the most popular group of you know people, and that's what made it so much easier when Order sixty six, or as it's officially as it was, I found out it was officially known in the Star Wars universe, Operation Nightfall, um, which I think has a cool name. A very, very, very military, military uh, name. I think Operation Nightfall. Yeah. Um, um, that, that he was able to, you know, have the population think, well, yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Yeah, the Jedi are all gone. Good. <laughs> um, but so. We've kind of talked about the Jedi of the prequels, and so now we kind of go into the Jedi after the fall, and the Jedi in hiding, and how that affected those that survived. I mean, from the stories that we get, how that affected the Jedi that survived. And how we can perceive how it might have affected them. You know, those that were able to survive the purge and go into hiding and, you know, and what we would have done. I mean, you know, you, you, know, you see your entire life that you've known, literally all your life, destroyed. You know, do you maintain what you were taught? Do you, you know, keep, you know, or do you just say, you know what? I'm done. 
I'm I'm going on my own way. I'm doing something else. You know, the Jedi are, the Jedi are dead, so I'm well, I'm going my at, own way. If you use Obi Wan and um, Yoda as examples, I mean they they pretty well maintained their integrity. Yeah. 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 Um, but then you have, um, and I know you guys said you haven't watched Rebels, but you have uh, character people like um, uh, Kanan Jarrus, who was uh, also known as Caleb Caleb Doom, um, who didn't. You know, he didn't turn to the dark side, but he, you know, he basically went off and, you know, said, I'm... I'm going. I'm going somewhere else. And he eventually did return to being a Jedi, um, but initially he was like, "I'm done. I'm finding. I'm finding love. I'm finding. You know, I'm going to be a smuggler. I'm going to be. You know, all this other stuff. And but I think it's one of those things that once you're in that world, it is. And you've been influenced by it from the time you were basically a toddler. That it becomes so much part of you that it would be very hard to leave that and to go somewhere else and do something else. You know, that that need of and whether or not the Jedi, you know, the Jedi thought they were better than others or the arrogance, they still had this mantra that was, I think, and you can see that with a lot, a lot of the Jedi, especially if you watch Clone Wars and Rebels, is this thing of helping others that they viewed as unable to help themselves. That was one of the, one of, even to the very end, that was one of the things that the Jedi always tried to do was to help those that, that they felt couldn't help themselves, to help others. Um, and and you see this even after the fall of the Jedi, uh, like I said, with, with rebels and and the books and the comics that, Mm -hmm. that those survive were constantly trying to do is it was almost like they couldn't help themselves. They see someone and they see someone in need. They have to help. They have to try and do something to make their, that person's life better in some way. Um, so we, we can sit, we can sit here and criticize the geography for being arrogant and the hubris, but they, they always tried to do the best that they could and to help, like I said, help others. So, um, uh, if it helped the Jedi cause. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> at least, at least in the beginning, I think once the Jedi fell, um, those that survived that remained true kind of saw, you know, especially people like Obi-Wan and Yoda kind of saw what caused the, the fall. And I think they kind of were taking a st- had to take a step back and rethink, you know, what the Jedi were and and of course that you know that was up for for Luke initially um 
And unfortunately, because, you know, they're probably waiting for um, Rise of Skywalker to end, we really don't know a lot about what happened after Return of the Jedi with the, with the Jedi Order and Luke's new temple. Right. Um, you know, again, we, we have legends, but we don't know how much that's going to how much a legend they're going to keep and how much they're going to throw away. Right. Does it fall back on, you know, the Yavin back on Yavin four? And yeah. The Academy was set up in the books and yeah, exactly. And I mean, we, we know that Disney isn't afraid to use can uh, old let bring in legends. Um, all, you know, that they've, they've done that before, especially with with Thrawn and um, and others like that, they've they've used their they've used legends before, but again, they they seem to use it a very piecemeal way. You know, they'll they'll pick characters here and there, name drop, things like that. But um, which is why I'm hoping we see a new direction, and maybe we can firm up some of this stuff with the universe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. continuity. Yeah, I think I think they're waiting for this trilogy to end because they don't want to bring, you know, there might be something in this movie that if you have a book that takes place in between there could spoil what's going to happen at the end. So I think they're waiting for this movie, this last movie to come out and end so then they can fill in all the spots of what happened between um, Jedi and the end of the original trilogy and the beginning of this the new trilogy, the pre uh, the sequel trilogy. So, <coughs> yeah, I hope so. I hope so. But yeah. You know, with everything that has been going on with the movies, right now all I can do is kind of sit back and hope that the third one isn't a poop storm. Yeah. 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 Keep the fingers crossed and hope for the best. Yeah. Well, I mean, like I, like we said before, um, JJ has said that this movie will tie in every one of the other movies. It will tie in all the other trilogies together. So. Yeah. Uh, that's. I mean, that's a, that's a tall task for 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 the movie, but we will see. We will see. Yeah, but to bring but to bring Palpatine back, oh, man, you had to go there. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be interesting to see how they do that. I mean, we're gonna get him and Maul back, and that's how this is gonna play out. Like, oh, have they said Maul's coming back? No, I'm just I'm throwing it. We're bringing oh. Palpatine back, who got blown up into an electrical cloud i mean well we've already had them all back and then killed again <laughs> right <laughs> you know but apparently darksiders never die i don't know I, uh... that's why that's why the jedi had such a hard time they're like they're like cockroaches well you know we were talking uh when we were doing our our talk about the sith where it seems like the Sith couldn't anchor themselves as the Force Ghost. They had to anchor themselves mm -hmm. to something. 
I yeah. think that the Empire had clones. So how hard would it be to have a clone of the Emperor way out there with the reserve fleet that's just waiting yeah. to be awakened? Yeah. Kind well, of like, you know, Battlestar. Hey, I just need to get a new body. <laughs> well, they, um, they, I mean, they did that in the Legends. Um, they had a, a whole comic series. Uh, I think it was Dark Empire. Yes. Where you had a the clone emperors. And the emperor, you know, Palpatine had a whole army of clones waiting so that if, he, if that body died or wore out, he would have, because... They, in that one, at least in that continuity, they you know the dark side uh, physically affected the body and caused it to decay at a rap, more rapid rate because you had all that dark side energy going in you. Um, so the emperor always had newer, younger clones that could um, move on. And another thing we saw in Rebels, and I know we've been talking about. Um, the Jedi, but you know, this is kind of, um, is we seen that the, the emperor was able to change his appearance because the, the appearance that he, the image that he showed the populace that, that when you would see like images of the emperor speaking or propaganda images of the emperor, it was not the, shriveled old Darth Sidious it was the Chancellor it was the young that was the image that was portrayed to the general populace so they had no no idea what the Emperor actually looked like mm -hmm. so I mean there's all kinds of tricks that the dark side and like you said uh, like we said earlier you know he you know the Sith were able to attach themselves to objects that held, you know, dark side energy. You see on that, um, that it appears that they're going to the original Death Star. So it would make sense that he would put his energy. There's probably a lot of dark side energy in there. So that could be an, uh, definitely a place where he could attach his energy to is the Death Star. You know, we see in the, we seen uh, Sith do that before with Exar Kun attaching himself to the Sith Temple right. on Yavin 4. So that to me, that makes the most sense of what he did. It was he was able to attach his life force and his energy to the Death Star. That could be a trip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what you call a detour off of the main subject. <laughs> <laughs> Well, segueing uh, back, if you would like, um, okay, that's, that's another kind of um, opposite opposites uh, between the Sith and the Jedi is that where the Sith had the absolute ruler, the Jedi yeah. had the Council. Yes, and you're talking. This was supposed to be a council of 12 Jedi Masters who made, you know, all the important decisions and everything. But did you ever notice that really when it boiled down to it, it was always Yoda and Mace? Yeah. Well, from what I understand is they had like they had the council, but then they had a rotating person who would be kind of like the head of the council. That would be the spokesman. That would be kind of the. 
um, the one that would kind of always not necessarily be in charge, but would be at the head of the seat. And during this time, it was usually one or two people. And at this time, it happened to be Mace and Yoda. And if I remember correctly, because of the Clone Wars, they decided just to keep it like that, not to, just so they didn't upset the balance. I see. And have to deal with. So okay. at least, at least that's kind of what I remember hearing. But, um, but then I of course, I always you... thought it was funny that the two of them always seemed to be making all the decisions, even when everybody else put their input in, and they always agreed, like. Even if yeah. Mace disagreed, Yoda would quickly be like, hmm, yeah, you got a point there, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, like, like uh, you know, being put on the council and not being granted the rank of master, which is just unfair. That's... How could you do that? I mean, well, I know. Maybe if he got a haircut, people take him seriously. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Like um, an emo kid. And of course, we have the most, probably the most controversial aspect of the Jedi Order, which is kidnapping. <laughs> and we gloss <laughs> over that. Yeah, 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 whatever. I mean, it's an honor. Thank you. We're leaving with your child now. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. They'll have a better life, prob probably. Well, maybe not. They're probably going to die at the hands of a Sith, but, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, you you do get the ins the the feeling that this was that the, the parents were giving them over somewhat willingly. Um, well, they get that government check. Yeah, yeah. You, you we check. assume. I mean, how you got it makes you wonder how many times did they walk up and just mind trick them and be like. No, this is what's best for your child. Yes, this is what's best. You for haven't had child. any children yet. <laughs> you have no children. I have no children. Yes, I mean, but as a as a parent, you know, I couldn't imagine someone. You, know, I have a, a five year old daughter now, and I couldn't imagine someone coming up and saying, "Yes, your daughter has a special ability. You know, we're going to take her and raise her as our own." And you. I will never see her again. All right, bye. Thank you. Well, that's that's how I'm gonna, you know, give my special soldiers <laughs> when I take over, guys. I'm sorry to tell you. Oh. <laughs> that's all right. My kids are too short. Mine's too independent thinking. She would take. She would try to take. She try to overthrow you, probably. Well, then she's in charge of the secret police. <laughs> Mine are too short to be troopers. <laughs> I call mine my little Sith Lord. <laughs> oh, perfect. Darth, Darth Vader is already her favorite character in Star Wars, so. Oh, then you can tell her uh, she needs to hear the interview. Yeah. Yes, definitely. I have to. <laughs> um, I'll. I'll uh, I hopefully will be seeing him this month so i will see if i can't get a hold of an autograph photo that'd be oh that would be awesome that would be awesome i'm waiting for ray to jump in yeah me too well i thought that was a given oh my bad oh, oh. <laughs> wow 
I'm, I'm sure Andrew will have no problem with that. Uh, and like for your benefit, Mark, he's even, you know, he had no problem volunteering to come back on the show. Yep. Oh, cool. Awesome. That'd be awesome. Yes. That's awesome. Yeah. He fit right in. He was fun. Well, he, when Kurt, he said that he would come back, but didn't, wasn't there something about, he wanted to take us out to see the uh, Skywalker ranch. Wasn't that something we talked about? Oh yeah. He mentioned something about that. Yeah. Um, Yes, please. For, for a <laughs> yes. screening, for a screening or something, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes, please. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, yes. I hope he listens to this episode. <laughs> uh, well, I got it. I don't know if you noticed, but he uh, started following War of the Stars yesterday. Beautiful. Awesome. Awesome. Shameless promotion. Shameless promotion. <laughs> well, you know, I sent him an invite. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> and then I posted the, uh, you know, the little join me and together we can rule the galaxy. Something <laughs> special. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I may have been shamelessly saying we could sure use your <laughs> work, buddy. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. And I know you out in internet land couldn't see it, but I just did the um, uh, Kermit the Frog flailing arm. Yay! <laughs> 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 yeah, actually, when I see him, I think I'm going to try to get him to do what you're talking is the uh, the little shout out for us. Yeah, that'd awesome. Be, that'd be so, really cool. Yeah, so definitely, definitely. The Jedi Order. I mean, good guys or just misunderstood? <laughs> wow, that's that's my only two choices. Uh, <laughs> Um, I think they got too used to the to the power. I think so too. I mean, what's the old saying? Is power corrupts, and absolute power corrupts absolutely. Yeah, I mean that that beautiful you know. temple, the comforts. Um, <laughs> you know, they, you know they, they saw they saw themselves as being so much different than the Sith, and the only difference is is that they didn't necessarily use overt dark side powers. Right. But in many ways, they, and I think that was one of the issues that the Sith had was they saw the Jedi as hypocrites. Mm-hmm. You're especially, no different than us. Especially during this, especially during this time period where, you know, the, the beginning of the fall, you know, they see them as, yeah, you're you're no different than us. Mm-hmm. You know, you just disguise your your hubris and your arrogance and your need lust for power and yeah, yeah. Well, at least we're out in the open saying like, yeah, we're all these things, right? Because I mean, yeah, the Jedi may mask it as, oh, we're just uh, training, we're trying to be-, be better with the Force and all this, but. It's just we're a just way here of to guide you. Power. <laughs> yeah. We're going to guide you to, you know, our viewpoint. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, they still had that that thirst for power. They always wanted to be better. They were always training to become better than they were and better than the other Jedi next to them. And yeah, they still observe the uh, uh, obedience and subservitude. You know, the Jedi. They had the master and the apprentice and. Yeah. yeah. Well, and my whole problem with the Jedi is they they 
in all the movies. We're so good. We're so good. We're so good. But every time they use that mind trick, oh, I know. They oh, are yeah. taking away somebody's free will. Yeah. And and to me, that's evil. Yeah. And and you know, not necessarily evil per se, but like Qui Gon. Qui Gon was considered one of the more old school jedi that believed in the the old ways and even he had no qualms using the force to cheat to get what he wanted yeah definitely all the dice Woo, look at that i like that waving your hand you think you're some kind of jedi <laughs> exactly yeah so i mean you can't they definitely weren't 100% pure of heart, I wouldn't say. Yeah, definitely. Well, I think we will start wrapping things up now and uh, just go with, I think that was, uh, we got think we pretty much kind of gave our final thoughts there. So, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, so anyway, you can catch us every week here at War of the Stars. Uh, if you want to get a contact with us, you can do that by email at realmofthemistentertainment at gmail.com or on Twitter at Realm of the Mist Entertainment. Uh, also our Facebook page, Realm of the Mist Entertainment and fans of Realm of the Mist Entertainment and War of the Stars all on Facebook. You can contact me by email at johntolly3930 and on Twitter at John at uh, John Tolly one uh, because I'm the, John Mark Tolly one because I'm of course the number one John Mark Tolly on Twitter, uh, Instagram at John Tolly thirty nine thirty and Facebook at Mark at Mark Tolly. Um, also remember to like and subscribe on YouTube if you're checking this off YouTube. You can also check us out on Anchor.fm. Uh, which is your one-stop shop for all your podcast needs. Uh, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts, like us on Stitcher uh, and Spotify. And uh, also, oh, Sorry, Patreon. Uh, support us on Patreon. We can definitely use the monetary support. And uh, that gives you access to uh, a lot of other content, including our uncensored uh some of our uncensored shows and uh some of our just exclusive content on there uh and joe where can they find you at uh, you can find me over on uh steamhouse entertainment on facebook or joe k hill director producer steamhouse on entertainment on both instagram and on twitter you can find us as coffee steampunk um and then every just about every place that uh, Ray's about to say as well, you could find me. <laughs> All, right. All right, Ray, where can they find you at? Uh, I can be found on Chronicles of the Lost Realm. Um, that is on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Uh, I do interviews for Breaking the Fourth Wall, which is part of Realm of the Mist Entertainment. And you can also hear me playing a rather downtrodden character on uh, Shattered Dawn, which is Shattered Tabletop Games on Facebook. All right. Well, then, and until next time, remember, sorry. 
Oh, wow. Anyway, uh, remember, this is not just my Star Wars. This isn't just your Star Wars. This is our Star Wars. Until next time, may the Force be with you. <laughs>